Hello and welcome to the Ask Adam and Ryan show. My name is Adam Welcome. And I'm Ryan Sheehy. This is a show where you have questions and we have answers. But before we get going, Adam, what's going on, man? How's everything going? Hey, you know, it's been a good week. I'm uh, coming off my marathon, which was uh, which was fun. Feeling good. Had a run this morning. Can't wait for this weekend. We're going to go skiing in Tahoe. Lots of snow, lots of powder. And, uh, you know... I just got to say, I'm com- always impressed by all the educators doing awesome things across the country. I spend probably too much time on Twitter, but I just love seeing new and innovative ideas. So I just want to give a shout out to all the teachers across the country. Way to go, especially in the, in the December months. I know it's really cold in some parts of the country, even though today I was wearing flip flops and a short sleeve shirt because we live in California. Don't hate on the Californians. So teachers, way to go. Keep up the great work. Uh, what's up with you, man? Yeah, no, just a busy, busy week at school. Um, we're starting conferences next week. Uh, so we have two weeks of conferences leading up into winter break. Uh, teachers meeting with uh, families, going over report card data, just talking about how everybody's doing. Um, so just busy with that. And uh, Do you have students attend the conferences with a teacher? I know every school is a little bit different. I'm always interested to hear what people do. Yeah, so some of our grade levels choose to, some of our grade levels don't. I think, you know, it obviously depends on the kid, um, making sure that it's, it's um, that would be a good experience for them as well. And then I, I go to some of the conferences, and but I don't go to all of them. Obviously, I can't can't make it to um, every single one of them, but I try to try to be there as much as possible. Um, kind of one of the fun, fun things with uh, parent conferences as an administrator, it's a great opportunity to connect with parents in a little bit different form. I know um, Matt, uh, Matt Arendt from uh, Texas, mm. one of the things that I heard he did was he set up a table out in front in his foyer and kind of just as parents came through, he took a survey on the computer with them and just had that, that dialogue nice. and conversation. So that's always a good, good experience for them. And what do you have going on this Saturday? Talking about me racing last week. What are you up to, <laughs> Ryan? So this Saturday is uh, I signed up uh, about six months ago for a half marathon. Um, and then I signed up about three months ago. For a 5K. So I changed my half marathon. So you downgraded. I downgraded. But uh, one of the nice things was I was able to get my oldest son is going to run the 5K with me. Nice. So um, it's it's fun. My my wife actually said, she said, hey, what time are you going to be home? We got to go drive up to Sacramento for my son's soccer tournament. And I said, I don't know what time you need me by. And she's like, I need you by like 8.15, 8.30. And I said, oh, we should be good. Races at 7. So uh, <laughs> definitely some motivation to pick up the pace and uh, – Go fast. I know there was a little a Facebook exchange earlier in the week uh, with uh, Mark French. Shout out to Mark French, principal of the year last year in uh, Minnesota. About was it doing a half marathon or a full marathon? Uh, you know, I think I think he was he wants to start off with a half. half. And I've been bugging Dave Burgess. We were messaging the other day about doing a marathon, and he wrote back like a crazy face. But uh, Dave, if you're listening. We got to get you up to a marathon. I know Wendy's been bugging you too. So everybody out there, tweet at Dave Burgess. Dave, we want to see you do a marathon with Adam and Ryan. That would be an epic blog post. And we can actually do a podcast during the marathon. During the marathon. I love it. It's funny because it's funny you said that. I was actually talking to Dave. <laughs> I t- had a conversation with Dave last Sunday. And he brought that up. He brought the, About the race? About you. About <laughs> Come on, Dave. Marathon. He, he said, yeah, Adam's been hitting me up on Instagram. He's like... I said, hey, I keep seeing these run lap uh, videos every morning about <laughs> your miles. So stop uh, talking about it and make it happen. <laughs> it's time to get it done. That's right. To get it done. So, all right. So let's let's go on to question number one. What is one characteristic that you feel every kid educator should have? So as I thought about that, one of the things that I think every educator should have is is the characteristic of flexibility. So many different things come at us um, from different directions, and 
without being able to be flexible with our lessons and flexible with our conversations, um, it really inhibits us to connect with kids and really push that pedagogy with them. Um, I know as an administrator today, I sat in a five-hour principal meeting. And <laughs> yeah, that's not something that everybody uh, looks forward to, but just there's a lot of flexibility in the job of education and we don't want to get pulled into um, a negative pattern. And if you're not flexible too often, that's what happens is that our attitudes and our moods shift into that. And so being able to be flexible, go with the, go with a pace, change with things when things needed um, is a huge characteristic. I think every educator should have. Yeah. I'm going to say, you know what, you got to like kids and some people may think like Adam, duh, you got to like kids, but, as we all know, man, there are some educators out there, I feel, that just don't like kids. And if they would say, I like kids, and I would say, you're not showing that you do. A couple of years ago, I wrote a blog post, I am so tired of nice, and just people feeling, that's like the default response. Like, they're nice. Like, you should be nice. You get to, you get to hang out with kids. And if you don't like kids, find something else to do. Um, you know, I mean, I know someone that has... Uh, who's a principal somewhere, uh, and um, they have a teacher that's not super nice, and there's a couple twins uh, in the class, in, at the school in different classes, and one of the twins has a really awesome teacher, and another twin has the grumpy teacher. And the kids come home and say, you know, why did you get the nice teacher? And what a conversation to have at home. Uh, you know, if you, if you want to be a teacher and you want to work with kids, you must be nice. To me, that is just hands down, first char characteristic that we should have. Tell us about one of the most interesting interview experiences. Well, I know Ryan's got a good story, and um, I have quite a few. I hired a lot of teachers in my career as a principal, and you know, I think one time it was just simple. Someone's cell phone rang in the interview. They picked it up. And they had a conversation in their interview. <laughs> and that was just like, yeah, I don't want you on my team. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have probably heard those stories. I've heard those stories in the business world. Um, so, hey, if you're interviewing, leave your phone in your car or turn it off or turn it on silent. And first and foremost, do not answer your phone. Uh, Ryan, dude, what's your story? I know it's kind of a doozy. So actually – you made me think of another story too. So I got two, I got two stories. So one of them was uh, I was interviewing for a, a fifth grade teaching position. Whenever we interview, um, I want to see I want to see them teach. I want to see the teachers teach. Mm -hmm. And um, so we had uh, a couple of different prompts, and one of them was uh, it was a math equation. And so it was for a fifth grade position. So we wanted to see, um, you know, it was a fifth grade problem. And so this teacher gets up on the board. And she starts the problem and then she erases everything. And then she starts again and you can see the aggravation growing um, in her face. And by the end of the interview, she's not only crying, but she's banging her head on the whiteboard because she's totally, in the interview. Yes. Oh my God. Totally, totally gave up on the interview um, and didn't, didn't really want to continue. Um, I, felt, I felt really bad. Uh, for her, but um, you know what I was looking for is just that fortitude to keep going, um, no matter what was happening. So, yeah, funny interview um, for my interview story for about myself actually was interviewing for a vice principal position in a school district that I used to be part of. Um, was the first round was a writing prompt, and so it was, we did about an hour of a writing prompt, 
And then we moved into the interview with the panel. And in that panel, they had, um, you start off with a role play. And I remember the director of, uh, the director of human resources was a, this big guy, must, a strong guy. He happened to be a superintendent in neighboring district now. And he, um, first thing was he came at me across the table yelling and screaming at me because the scenario was I was a high school vice principal who had just suspended a child uh, for a fight and the father of the child demanded that his student be re, uh, reinstated and the suspension be removed. Oh. And his child was sitting in the truck and the dad wasn't leaving until um, I allowed him back into school. So this was not real. This was an interview. This wasn't got inter- it. Okay. This was an interview. And here I am just being yelled at and berated by this parent across the table. And there's about five, six people on the panel that are just sitting there watching me, how I'm responding to it. Um, I definitely learned a lot from that interview. <laughs> um, I looked at the director of human resources a little bit differently from then on. Yeah. But uh, definitely a fun Did you get the job? Experience. Um, I actually did not, did get, not the get the job. job so I it was okay. Not. It did not. Yeah. So, so role playing is important. I would say, I wonder what level of role playing, you know, I guess people can take that with their discretion. Um, don't bang your head against the wall and maybe don't don't jump across the table. I don't know. For sure. I don't know. Those are two good interview, (laughs) uh, interview helps there for people. (laughs) Um, so question number three, what are you doing daily to grow as an educator? So uh, one of the things I do a lot is obviously that social media piece, being on Twitter, being on Instagram, getting those eye, my eyes into classrooms from around the country, around the world has been huge for me. I think often our, um, often our school districts and superintendents and some leadership look down on that, look down on how much time is being spent um, on social media and are we encouraging our teachers to be on Twitter? Are we encouraging our teachers to connect? And I, I see such value with it. I talk to my community all the time about how I'm breaking down the walls of our school and allowing people to come into our classrooms by using social media, mm-hmm. by allowing um, people to view what we're doing. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing that I'm doing as a da- daily as to grow as an educator is just really getting my eyes out there and seeing what's going on in other classrooms reflecting on that and reflecting on how I can bring that to my school and into our classrooms. Yeah. You know, I wasn't going to say anything on this question, but I would say to take it a step further, something that I've been, I've done for, I think for a number of years, but I've been really trying to do more is take it, take it past social media. I kind of see Twitter as like the match.com for educators. And then how can you bring it to the next level to go deeper with people? And I'm just a big fan of meeting people online (laughs) educators, and then just getting to know them, calling their school, sending them a note in the mail. I mean, I've called two two educators this week, just cold call their school just to talk and say hello. And when you can when you can deepen the conversation with somebody uh, past social media, I think it's super important. And I would say too, look outside of education. Uh, I'm a huge believer in reading business, um, business materials. I think we've talked about that on the podcast before. I love Inc. Magazine, Fast Company, um, Bloomberg, you just see what's going on out in the in the world, and how can we bring those ideas and concepts into our schools so we can make sure that our kids are just ready for life, not just college ready, but really career ready as well too. All right, next question: How do you encourage parents to be a part of child's 
of their child's educational experience. Well, as a longtime teacher and principal, this is a struggle and a challenge. I, I know at every school, how do you get parents involved? And, um, you know, I'm a, I was a huge fan of just sending information home and not a newsletter, not emails. Um, I loved Remind. Shout out to Remind. Uh, just sending home text messages to parents, little small tidbits of like information and ideas that they could use to incorporate with their with their with their kids. Um, you know, pick the right times too. Don't pick to send a message message at three o'clock. Pick like six o'clock because maybe it's before dinner, maybe it's after dinner, and make the message. Hey, make sure you read with your student with your child ten minutes ten minutes tonight, and here's three questions that you can ask them. Or in the morning, like a seven o'clock message. Hey, on the way to school this morning, talk about what you see on the way on, on the way to school in the car, and um, you know, pick some descriptive language to do that. So, um, obviously, leading from the front and encouraging it, but also trying to find some kind of fun and different ways to um, help bring that conversation at home. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, one of the one of the big pieces that we looked at is you know, parent education. How can we educate our parents? To make sure that they are an active role in in our child's um, in their child's educational experience, so we've done parent education nights. Um, one of the things it didn't go super well; wasn't super highly attended uh, when we ran it. And so, one of the things we're going to do is now we're bringing in kids to lead the sessions because mm-hmm. anytime that you can encourage um, encourage kids to encourage their parents to come, mm-hmm. you're going to get more, you're going to yeah. get more of a turnout. You're going to get more buy-in and allowing the kids to really foster that love of education and that growth in their parents has been huge. We've seen that in other areas. We do a family science night where um, kids come in with their parents and they go through station by station doing uh, different science projects. And it's awesome. It is one of our highly attended events nice. um, and really bringing the community into us. Another thing we're doing, we do a math night. Um, I have a teacher right now actually um, writing a Donors Choose. Um, shout out to Donors Choose. Donors Choose. Um, and so she's writing, writing a Donors Choose grant to fund a family math night. And one of the things that we want to have happen after this is that every family is walking away with some type of math game. Nice. And math manip- manipulatives that they can go back home and keep that conversation going. Because too often – People come to an event and they leave empty handed Mm -hmm. and the conversation stops there. We want that conversation to be going year long. Yeah, I like it, man. I like it. All right. So question number five, our last question of the night. Um, If you had one wish or dream for education, what would it be? This is a question that um, I get asked a lot and I I have so many different wishes for education. Um, I think one of the things that I really, I really um, hope that, everybody understands as educators is the power that we have in a child's life. Um, I talk a lot about that um, being that too often, I think as educators, we think that our only job is to deliver content, but we're building human beings. We are helping shape these kids into productive citizens. We are, we spend a lot of time with them and they look up to us. They look at us as heroes. They look up, up to us as role models and too often we overlook that. I think mm-hmm. that relationships are huge. And I think that once we build that relationship, our content is so much, it's easier to deliver. And it's easier for kids to understand because we have that relationship. I just, that's one of my biggest wishes is that educators around the world understand that and see that. And they take that, they take that all in and really work towards that. I also wish that, um, we're not afraid to challenge things. We're not afraid to do something different. 
we've done um, education in school the same way for so long. Um, You know, you look at our high schools, the way that we take classes, that course schedule has been done. And why do we do it? Well, that's because it's how it's always been done. Um, And really look at that back to question number one, that characteristic, Mm -hmm. that flexibility and that willingness to do something different. So those are my wishes for my dreams for education. Well, as you know, the author of Kids Deserve It and co-founder, you know, you think my my wish would be about kids, but it's actually it's actually about teachers. And I I have a lot of wishes, but my number one wish is I wish I had enough money, uh, personal money, where I could pay off every student loan of every teacher out there currently teaching in public schools. I, I really wish I could do that because I know as a young teacher myself, when I was 24 years old, 23, when I got my first job, I had student loans and I had debt. And um, just in the in the work that I've done, I've hired many young teachers and just to be able to get rid of that debt for them so they could uh, not have to stress about it or work a second job like so many teachers do. I worked a second job for the first 10 years of my career. Um, that is my one wish for education. I bet you you could get a lot of educators behind you on that wish. I'm sure. I just need to make, I just need to make enough money. I wonder how much money I would need to make oh, to do that. Hey, thanks for listening tonight. Uh, tweet us your questions at Mr. Adam Welcome or at Sheehy RW, and we'll try to answer as many as we can on our next show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, and be sure to tune in.